Right now, the battle is raging over abortion, have you noticed? And surely, the other day, after we heard Alabama, the governor had signed, she had a word, and I wanted her to share that word, then we're going to pray. Yeah, we were uh, actually driving somewhere in the, on the road, and, um, excuse me, we, um, I was just praying and thanking the Lord for these states that have passed uh, the uh, protections for the unborn, the pro-life legislation, specifically the heartbeat bills. And so I was like, Lord, oh, thank you for um, Alabama and, and the different ones. Ohio, yes, go Ohio. Forerunner in this fight, we appreciate you so much. And anyway, so I was praying and asking the Lord to have mercy. And a word popped into my mind that is not really part of my normal vocabulary. It's a legal term, and the word is clemency. And so I thought, well, what does that really mean? So I looked it up, and it refers to a pardon by a president or governor, a pardon as if the crime had never been committed. Now, it doesn't mean that the crime wasn't committed, but it makes an atmosphere as if the crime hadn't been committed. And the sentence of judgment is taken away. And so I, we were like, oh, wow, what does that mean? to pray for clemency for these states that have stood for life, stood for righteousness. Well, I guess the takeaway on that is the Lord desires clemency for these states, to take away the judgment that is justly deserved, but to take it away and to bring blessing. So one of the words in the definition was the word reprieve. And so we were thinking, yeah, that sounds like the time period we live in right now. And just a few minutes later, we were driving, and David looked up and saw a tractor trailer, and it had the word reprieve on it. So I really think God is speaking. But right now, I want to honor the states that have already passed the legislature, and either the governor signed it into law, or the legislature overrode the vetoes. Now, they're entangled in court cases and things like that, but that's not them. The will of the people and the will of the government of these states is to protect the unborn. So we honor Alabama, we honor Arkansas, Georgia, Iowa, Kentucky, uh, Ohio, Mississippi, North Dakota, and we also want to lift up specifically Missouri. They have passed in both of the legislatures uh, their heartbeat bill, but they're awaiting the governor to sign it. And also, I want to lift up Louisiana. They have an actual, this is like an oxymoron in our country. They have a pro-life Democratic governor and a pro-life Democratic legislature. Did you ever hear such a thing? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So, their heartbeat bill has passed their, let, um, their House of Representatives. My sister-in-law is one of those representatives. Go Melinda! And uh, it's awaiting, uh, pending um, the vote in the Senate, but the governor has already promised to sign it into law. So, Father God, right now we lift up these states. We thank you for them. They are the forerunners of righteousness in our country. We ask for more, Lord. We ask for more boldness. We know that they are standing before you, no matter what the federal government does, no matter what the court system does, they have made known that they believe in life. And so, Father, we pray for clemency, that the judgment that was rendered against abortion would not be in these states. We ask and pray for North Carolina. We pray, Father, that this legislation that is pending in our legislature be passed and signed into law. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are honored to have you, sir. Thank you for taking time to come to Moravian Falls in the middle of nowhere. But we are not in the middle of nowhere. We are, this is a good place. Come and introduce our guests. Welcome, Earl Cox. Thank you, Pastor. As I was walking in the door, one of your members of your congregation, Pastor, said, Earl, I can't believe at your age you're still going. When are you going to stop? I said, you know, 
At my age, I tell my wife, never go out and buy green bananas, and she knows that for a fact. <laughs> Pastor, Doctor, White, and Shirley, the congregation, it is indeed a pleasure to be here this morning. I feel very close to you folks, simply because I live here a good bit at the time, and I like this whole area. And to look out and see you people, it just makes my heart so thrilled to know that you would spend a Sunday morning here at the gathering where the word of God is taught. As Israel's goodwill ambassador, my job is to go around the world and talk to Christians and Jews about all the distortions that are taking place across not only America, around the world, by the media. And that's a difficult job to do, you know trying to confront these people who are constantly distorting what's going on in Israel. Well, I go to Israel enough to know that it's safe in Israel. Israel is so small, it's so small, it's almost just a little bit bigger than one of our smallest states, which is New Jersey. And yet, if you pick up the paper or go to social media, it gets more news than the United States, Great Britain, and all the other. I wonder why. I think you know the question, don't you? You know why, because it belongs to God. And the other thing that disturbs me more than anything is to see my brothers and sisters in churches and denominations across America and around the world that are protesting against Israel, supporting BDS and anti-Semitism. And my question when I speak at these churches, or wherever the gathering might be, I ask, how can a Christian not support the state of Israel? It's impossible. Do you believe in the Bible? It's the inherent word of God. I know your pastor teaches you that there. So if it's true in the Old Testament, it's true in the New Testament, then it has to be true, right? Well, we know what God says. He loves the Jewish people. It's the apple of his eye. He loves Israel. Am I right? Well... How can you call yourself a believer? How can you call yourself a Christian if you don't believe the Word of God? You can't pick and choose what you believe and what you don't believe. So, and when I come to a church like this, that I know each one of you sitting in that pew believe what the Bible has to say, 100%. Also being the, uh, Israel's goodwill ambassador and representing the prime minister, I have a wonderful privilege of not only traveling with the high officials of Israel, but I have the wonderful opportunity to introduce you to some people. And one of those persons this morning is with me, a very important person in the state of Israel. And if you were going to Israel and you ask, who is Mayor Benny Kashrell? They all know, because he's as popular as the prime minister of the state of Israel. In fact, many people have asked him to run for the Knesset. He says, I'm not interested in Knesset. 26 years he's been the mayor of Malay Atimim, which is located about 10 to 15 minutes from Jerusalem. It's the closest city to Jerusalem. 42,000 members of his community, and it'll soon be about 100,000. And it's a city. It's not, listen, it's not a settlement. It's a city. And Judea and Samaria. Don't let anybody tell you it's not. It never has been anything but belongs to the Jewish people. It was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his descendants. Well, thank you for that. And I know he thanks you for that as well. But anyway, Benny has been a long, long time friend of mine, and we've traveled together many times. And uh, when he said, Earl, I've got a few days, I'm coming to the States. I know you stay up in a little small town, he said, can I come up and stay with you for a little while? I said, well, yeah, let's come on up to the mountains. And he came. We've been up here for the last two days. He's enjoyed it. And I heard him say this morning at about 6 o'clock, he said, this is paradise. Well, <laughs> it really is paradise. It's so quiet and nice, and he enjoyed it. But in any event, he is a superb uh, supporter of Israel. He's a person I look up to, not down. He's a person I respect. And for me to respect somebody, I have to know they do what they say, and he does what he says. And I'm going to end by saying there are three kinds of people that I've noticed in my many, 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 many years on the face of this earth. There are those people who do nothing but grumble, 
complain and find fault with on everything. But when it comes about doing something, what do they do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then there are those lucky people that things just seem to happen to. Right? They don't do anything either except whatever they can get and put in their pocket. And then there's that special, special person that makes good things happen. Well, the man that you're going to be hearing from in just a few seconds is that type of person. He makes good things happen, and God Almighty blesses him what he's doing. So I'd like for you to welcome my friend, somebody that I love and care about, Mayor Benny Cashriel from Mali Adimi. Thank you, thank you. I'm really excited. Dear Pastor White, distinguished audience, my English is not so good because I was not a good student in the high school. <laughs> and uh, first of all, I want to thank the ambassador, Earl Cox, and his wife for the best hospitality there, here, and for supporting Israel all the time. Israel in his blood. Jerusalem is in his blood. I really want to thank you on behalf of the people of Israel. And I'm very excited to see the flag of Israel here and the flag of Jerusalem, the capital city, not, all, not only of Israel, the capital city of all the world. Yes, this is right. When God de demands that Israel people will build the holy temple, he said, I want you to build this place to everyone, to all the nations, to come to pray. Not only for you, the Jews, for all the nations. My home is the home of all the people in the world. And this is what is makes the Christian and the Jewish people in common. We are together. I want to tell you about a rabbi, a very famous rabbi in the first, in the first century. He was executed by the Romian. One man came to him, he said, Rabbi, I don't have time to pray, I don't have time to learn the Bible. I want you to tell me in one sentence what God, what God wants from me. And in Hebrew he said, In English the translation is, God wants you to love everyone like you love yourself. That's it. And go with it, and you will, you will fu fulfill the God will. And this is what the Christians and the Jews want. To love each other, to bring peace to the people, to bring peace to the world. We try a lot in Israel to do it. Unfortunately, you know that we are surrounded by enemies, by Arab countries, by terrorists, fanatic by terrorist movements, like in Gaza Strip. And you know what happened two weeks ago? That hundreds of rockets they sent to, to the cities. They didn't fight the army. So they are so afraid to fight the army, so they're sending rockets to the cities to hurt the children, to hurt the kindergarten, to hurt the elementary school. I would like to tell you about my city. My city is 37 years old only, very young city. We are only 42,000 residents in this place. But we know one thing, to teach our children not to be the best students, not to be only the best student, but to be a human being. It means we do two things to our children. We're giving, we're giving them values, to love the other one, to love the different one, and to be the best one, because they are the young generation that will take over the control of the state later on. We did our job. Now it, we have our job, now our duty is to teach them how to bring a good society, how to make a good society in our state. This city, Maladomim, is mentioned in the Bible too. 
4,000 years ago. It is mentioned in Joshua book, Pastor White, in chapter 15. It's about 4,000 years ago when Joshua, with Israel people, Israeli people, crossed the Jordan River to conquer Israel. One of the first cities that he conquered was Maale Adumim. Maale Adumim is the closest city to Jerusalem. It is the closest city to Jerusalem. And we are very proud that we are guarding the east gate of Jerusalem and the east walls of Jerusalem. In Hebrew we say it's a big mitzvah. You know, it's a big responsibility that you do it. This is God's will, that you will take care of it. This is the reason that in 1975, the Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin decided to build the city on the hills that watching the east gate of Jerusalem. Who will come soon, very soon, through the east gate of Jerusalem? We both believe in it, the Messiah. The Messiah is going, he will come, I hope, this night or tomorrow morning. Because we need it, believe me, we need it. All the world need it. He will come, when he will come to the east gate of Jerusalem, to Jerusalem, he will pass our city, Maale Adumim. And this is the reason that Maale Adumim is very important to Jerusalem. And we are very proud to be the guards of the east, this is gate and the walls of Jerusalem. By the way, we have one more thing in common. In Maladumim, we have the Good Samaritan Inn. You know the Good Samaritan story that Jesus told to his people. It is mentioned in Luke, in the New Testimony. And we, last we call, like we, the Jewish people say, is a good Jew, someone that does a lot, gives a lot, supports a lot, we say is a good Jew, you will say is a good Samaritan. It is the same thing. So many things we have in common. The one thing that we want in common to do it is bring better life to the world, better life to our children. And this is what we are, we are doing in Maladumim, in the education system, in the children's daycare, in the kindergarten, in the elementary schools, in the high schools. In the high schools, by the way, our students must give to the community back. They must, they must join the first aid as volunteers to the first aid in the fire department, in the senior, uh, senior clubs or children daycare. They must do something for the community. When those children doing in something for the community, when they will be older, they will have their business, they will do a lot for their society. And if you want, to share with us this responsibility, we'll be very happy to. Unfortunately, we are, we are surrounded by Palestinian villages. Some of them are radical fundamentalist Muslims. And we have to take care of our security. And thanks God, even we spend a lot of money, more than 15 million shekel per year, it's about more than about four and a half million dollars per year. So we are in the life in Malaya Dumim is quiet and safe and the children are going by themselves to school, by themselves to the kindergarten. They can go to, the, to their youth movement afternoon. Like a, a life, we have about six youth movement and they can be and they can feel safe because we are patrolling 24 hours a day, all year. Some, many times, some coming people from United States and, taking, and telling me, how come you're taking care of all this security and nothing happened in Maladomi? First of all, I'm telling them, we have God. God taking care of us. Everything is directed by God. Second thing, when God is directed, is directing us to take care of our security. You cannot say and say, God will take care of us. You have to do something. God will tell you how to take care of you. The second thing, 
that we do, we all the time trying to talk to the Palestinians around us, to join us, to bring prosperity to our zone. Because we know, if we are bringing prosperity to my city, it's good for them too. This is the reason that in our industrial park, we have more than 400 factories. 4,500 Palestinians are working in Malay Adomim factories. They have the same salary like the Israelis. They have the same social benefits like the Israelis. For example, the earning, you know, in Israel we, we get the salary per month, not per year. Per month they're getting in Malay Adomim between 1200 to 1500 dollars per month net and and they have social benefit health benefits and everything too you know how much they're making in their cities while they have about 35% unemployment in their cities they have 35% unemployment what, how much they're getting in their cities in Ramallah Nablus Jericho Hebron, Bethlehem, they don't get more than $300 per month. It means in Maladomim, they make three or four times salary per month than they make in their cities. And they're sitting around the table with all the Israelis. They're eating the lunch and breakfast with all the Israelis, like they are equal. But when they are going home, starting the problems because I, he for I heard Pastor White that he talks about peace, he talks about giving but they are, when they are going to their mosques the Imam, it's not the Imam, it is his leader, religious leader he talks about how to kick, to kick the Israelis out of Israel how to participate the terrorist movements it's really different. It's really, really different. With those people that they, I believe, those simple people that they want to work, they want to bring the, the salary to their, to their families. While they're meeting the Imam in the mosque, they can change their mind. This is the reason that a lot of them participating in the Hamas the ISIS, the Jihad, Islamic Jihad, and I don't believe that in this generation, unfortunately, we'll have peace agreement with them. I hope that we'll have peace agreement with them. I try to talk the mayors around us, Palestinians mayors around us. Let's make mutual projects. Let's create projects. We can, we can do it. We have our industrial park. We can do something project like Recycling sewage water. Recycling sewage water is very important to our zone because Malad Domain, by the way, is built in Judea Desert. In Judea Desert, before Malad Domain was established, was only empty hills. Nothing was there but rocks and empty hills. That's it. So this is the reason uh, when I come in, came here, I said, you live in paradise. Everything is green. <laughs> Still now, you can see around Maladomim the empty hills. But we, we brought the water to the desert, Judea desert. We brought the water, we brought life, we brought, we brought the green, and we brought jobs not only for us, but for the Palestinians too, to show them that can we live together. I hope that they will understand later on, sometime, and I don't know, in the future, they will understand that there is place for all of us. Because God gave the land for all, for all of us, this world, for all of us. And we have to live too in peace, which is everyone with, uh, with each other. It doesn't matter if you speak this language or different language. We are all sons and daughters of God. He created us. So what God, like the rabbi said, you have to love your friend, the other one, like you love yourself. 
And if we will feel, fulfill this one, everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. I want to tell you this is my first time in North Carolina. And thanks Earl and Kathleen, dear, his lovely wife. I met beautiful people, very kind people. And I really, really want to thank you all about the best, the best reception, Genera your generosity, your kindness. It's not usual thing, it's really unique. And God bless you. I am bringing the God blessing from Jerusalem, from Israel, and from my city, Maalea Domim, that was built 4,000 years ago, and we rebuilt this after 2,000 that we were in the diaspora. We rebuilt it now, and we, have, and we want to build it for 100,000 residents. We have the master plan already, and I hope in a decade or two decades we'll achieve this goal too. Thank you very much. God bless you. And I want to take this opportunity, Pastor White, to invite you and to invite your people in this beautiful church to see Israel and to visit my city, Malaya Domim. Just stand right here. Come on up and join me, Earl, and uh, Shirley, come join. And uh, Rocky, Dylan, we want to pray for this mayor. We want to pray for his city. Is that okay if we do that? Sure. Yes. And uh, God's hand. You've been there 20, 26 years, so obviously he's, he's protected you and kept you. And So let's just pray. And so, Lord, we just pray blessing on this mayor, Lord. We thank you for him. We thank you for his humble spirit that we see all over him and the lord that he's a true leader among in israel so lord we bless him we bless his city we pray father for continued protection and deliverance from from every evil and and lord we ask that they just have a great revelation of who you are that would break out in that place and that uh, that city but we thank you for him his family and uh, lord for um Lord, all that you put within him, that, Lord, in this hour, he would truly fulfill the great purposes that you have for him. And we bless him, we thank you, we honor him. And we honor all of Israel, Lord. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we bless Israel. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. All right. Yes. Do we have any questions that you would like to ask? And... Um, if you'll shout it out, then the mayor will attempt, he'll answer that question. Yes, right here. Hold up. Don't leave yet. Go ahead there, Russ. How, how hard is it to get people to live there? I mean, he wants to go from 42 to 100,000, but how hard is it to bring people or get people to move to that city? It's not so hard if you give the best education and the best quality of life to the people that come. Most of the people that came to Maladon were young couples. I was a young couple too once. <laughs> and the first thing that they're asking me, uh, what about the security in Maladon? Because everyone wants to live in Fein. He wants to, to be in peace, to live in peace, and he wants uh, to be safe, that his children to be safe. The second question they're asking, what the mother can ask for his children? The mayor, guess what is the level of education? How is the school? How is the kindergarten? If my children will be good educated or not? So we are trying to give the best education to the children. We even teaching the, ch the parents after uh, in the evenings how to deal with their children, how to make their children a, a, to give them motivation to learn, how to give them values, how to make them good children, because they are the, the future generation. We've done everything. We can be good or bad, but they are 
something that you have to create them to be good, the, those children, young children. So this is, the, this is what they give them. And this is what makes the people to come to live in our city. With reasonable price, a less city tax, not high city tax, and the best. You will see a very modern city, clean city. But young couples are coming to Maleadumim, and we have Holocaust survivors that are coming to Maleadumim. They came to Maleadumim, most of them from Russia and east of Europe. And we have Ethiopian immigration, too, immigrators that are coming to Maleadumim. We try to give everyone the best that we can. And I'll be happy if you will take part of it. You will come to Maladim and you will see our education system that has been learned by another cities too. Thank you. Sorry, I'm not, my English is not so good. Yeah. Messianic congregations in your city. Messianic. 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 A lot of, not a lot of Palestinians, some of the Palestinians are Christians. Unfortunately, they were living in Bethlehem. And after Arafat came to Bethlehem, he pushed them out from Bethlehem. And many of them uh, immigrated to Europe. And when you will go to Bethlehem and see that they are selling Christian souvenirs, most of them are not Christian, are Muslims. They're making just business. Before, before Arafat, most of them were Christians that were now. Only, the only Christians that are, stay, that are stayed in, staying in Bethlehem are taking care of the churches and the monasteries. The other people left Bethlehem. Unfortunately, they left Bethlehem because the Muslims chased them. Look, you know, you know the, the roots of the Quran, the Quran of the Muslims. The Quran, Muslim says, that in Arabic it says, Din al-Muhammad fil Harb. What is mean in, in English? Muhammad, you know, is the prophet of uh, the Muslims. It says, the religion of Muhammad, even with his soul. It means that you force him even to, make, to kill him until, he will, until they will believe in Muhammad. It is not, it is not our it is not the Jewish line and not the Christian line. We are support them and we, we support everyone and give him to believe God in his way, but not the Muslims. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to say it, but it is, it is, the, it is the truth of the Quran. Yes, uh, first of all, we are teaching English from the third grade in the elementary school. Uh, so everyone that comes to Israel, he doesn't have to worry about to, under, to be understood. Uh, we don't speak so good English, but we can understand and we can help you where to go to, to direct you to the city, every place that you want. And we will be happy if you will join us in our education system to come, to volunteer, to be teachers, and to, in, in English and other, other subjects too. This is a trap. <laughs> but okay, I will tell you. Look, I, why I'm telling you, I'll tell you free, uh, frankly, 
because I, I ran to, to my municipality as a mayor, not in a, a political party. I, I, made, I created an independent list called Kahol Lavan. Kahol Lavan is blue and white, like the flag, a colors of flag. So I didn't run through the Likud party or Labour party or Communist party or any other parties. So because I, I wanted to, and this is I think that made me mayor 27 years by the way, and uh, because they know that uh, I'm not going for my party. So I will tell you about Trump. Trump for, for us, it's a fresh air. And why? Obama, that was, when he was elected, first thing that he has done, he decided to freeze all the building in Judea and Samaria and the east neighborhood of Jerusalem. Something that any president of United States did. And believe me, it will, in my city it was very hard. For eight years, we couldn't build for our young couples that have been born in Maladumim was raised in Maladumim, was educated in Maladumim, elementary school, they were in the kindergarten, elementary school, high school. They joined the army and they couldn't come back when they got married to build their home at, my, at their, the city that they have been born. Do you, do you, can you realize this? How it's cruel it is? Is th this thing happens in any place in the world, even in the Palestinian cities, in Judea and Samaria, or in the, in the Arab towns in Israel? We, I, I will never say an Arab young couple don't come to your city again when you have been born. It's unhuman. But he did it. Obama did it. And I, can, I tell you the truth, I cannot forget it. I'm sorry, I cannot forget this thing. But when Trump took over, he saw our situation and immediately said, it's not human. You can build for your young couples, for your children. They can, they can live in the place that have been born. If I was an American citizen, next election I was voting Trump. This is a very good question, so I will try to ex explain my answer to you. Look, you know who gave Palestine, Palestine to Israel state? Before the Roman Caesar. The Roman Caesar in the first century, he wanted to clean the Israelis out from Israel, and he didn't want that the name of Israel will mention again, so he gave the name Palestine. The Palestinians were in the time of King David, in time of the King Solomon and before. So we said there is no Israel anymore. And then he sent all of the Israelis to the diaspora. They came to Europe, they were to Asia and every other places. Those Arabs that you see now in Israel, they were Arab tribes, most of them from Sahara, Sahara Desert, 
and Bahrain and all of the stripes that came when in the 5th century or 6th century, I think, they conquered all Middle East by Nasser al-Adin. And now, many times they, they are telling me, we were before you here. And I'm telling them, no. Just go to Joshua book, read chapter 15, and you will see that 4,000 years ago, we were here. And there is a joke about it. There is a joke about it. I will try to, to say it in English, and I hope it will be okay. It will be okay. And they, they say, one rabbi said, look, when Joshua crossed with the Israelis, the Jordan River, to come to conquer Israel 4,000 years ago, he took, off his, he took off his shoes and put it in the side not to make them wet. And when he came back to take the shoes, he didn't find it because one of the Arabs stole it. <laughs> and the Arab student told him, look, there was no Arabs, to, Arabs in this time 4,000 years ago. He said, aha, now you have the answer. <laughs> did I do it good? Okay. <laughs> so that's it. Tel Aviv is four times than Himalaya Adomim. Jerusalem is, it depends where. In regular neighborhoods, Jerusalem is about 20% small. For example, three bedrooms in Himalaya Adomim is 1,600,000 shekel. It's a lot in American terms. It's about $400,000 per this apartment. In Jerusalem, is about 200,000 shekel more. So, so it's about 50,000 more dollars more. In Tel Aviv, it's very expensive. Very, very expensive. You cannot compare for uh, three bedrooms in Tel Aviv. It can cost two, two and a half million shekel, three million shekel. It's a lot. But the city tax in Maladomim, by the way, it is 25% less than in Jerusalem, the city tax. This is what makes the young couples to come to Maladomim. They pay less and they get more. Uh, we teach the, one of the uh, systems in our uh, kindergarten elementary school, it is uh, quality of environment and health of life. It means that we are, in, for example, in the kindergarten elementary schools, no one can bring juice or cola or anything. They can bring only water. And the sandwiches is not with salami or something, you know, fattening or none. It's not healthy. They have to bring a lot of fruits, vegetables, and, and very good, like uh, cheese and good cheese, etc. This is one thing. The second thing now, we are going, we hope we are going to build a, a thermical a recycling garbage. It means that you put in garbage and getting electricity. And this plan is now was permitted by our government, approved by our government, and in a year or two we'll go in a tender, international tender, because this is going to be very, very expensive to build this factory. It's more than a billion shekel. It's more than 400, it's more than 300 million dollars. And uh, we hope that we'll do it because we want quality. Right now we are separating our garbage. Plastic in, in one can and organic in one can, bottles in one can. So we are separating them. And we are teaching even the, in the schools to separate too. We teach the children how to do it. 
Because we know, as I told you, the children are the future generation. You cannot ignore them. You must give them the best. So this is the reason that about 40% of our budget goes to education and culture of the children and the young people. You must do it. This is the reason that 97% of our young, people, young students go joining the army. You know that we must go to the army. We don't have any other choice. I hope that once we'll have peace, they will not join the army. And they have to join three years in the army. 97% of our children joining the army. And most of them are going to the best units. units because they know, they, they volunteer, they know that they have to take care about, about the security of the, their country, like we took care before. I was in two wars. I was in the 73 wars in Sinai, and I was in the first Lebanon war in Lebanon, and my son was in the second war in Lebanon. I hope that my grandchildren will not have to go to war. We'll have peace, in God willing. Holocaust survivor came to Malad Domain with nothing, with nothing. They didn't have money, they didn't have anything with them. They came with empty pockets. And we tried to give them, you know, they are very old, to give them a, a little good life until the dying day, like everyone has to go. So we have day clubs for them and for other seniors, day clubs that we're giving them. We know that they don't have a lot of food at home, so we try to give them hot meal every day. Before, in Friday, you know, before the Friday and in the holidays, we give, we give them food, we give them clothes, we give them everything that we can do it. We, have, we are going and asking for donations, and we are giving them what we, we get, because they suffered enough. Really, they suffered enough in the Holocaust. And they they hardly survived. I, when I'm going to listen, when I'm listening to their stories, it's, you cannot be sh you cannot be still. You, it's shaking all your, all your heart, all your body checks what the Germans did to them. And uh, we have to give them something, you know. If we have something, we have to give them from our, what we have, a little bit for them too to make their life better. And you know what? We are proud that we are doing it. You will... Uh... One more question. One more, but I got two part questions. Two part questions. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good place to invest. Can foreigners buy there? Can foreigners invest there? And uh, the other part of that is, does, would that include Palestinian or, or Arab, uh, Iranian uh, Christians? Sure. Uh, first of all, as I said, 4,500 Palestinians are working, but there are, there are Palestinians from East Jerusalem, the owning factories in Maladumim. One of them, it is a very good story, a true story that I'm going to tell you. One of, ne, one of them factories owner called Shweki. His name is Shweki. His family name is Shweki. So his factory is Shweki factory for glass walls, okay? Glasses walls, like windows and glass walls. And his factory was in Jordan. And he moved it to Maladumim. And I told him, look, why did you move your factory to Maladumim? In Jordan, you pay less than you pay here. In Jordan, your city tax is much less than in Israel. You know what he told me? In Jordan, you have all the time to pay to the old officers, you know, bakshish in Arabic saying. And you never know how much you pay. Here I know that I have to pay city tax, 
Every year, I know how much city tax I have to pay. I know how much salary I have to pay. I prefer to be here while I'm safe and no one asking money from me than to be in Jordan and every time to pay to this officer and to this officer and to this mayor or to this mayor. So there are, are Palestinians there. And now, for sure, Christian and from all over the world can come and invest. There are. Right now, we are going because we have a lot of Christian people coming to visit Maladumim because of the Good Samaritan Inn that we have. We rebuild this archaeology site. So, we, and many of them asking us to build an hotel. We don't have an hotel yet because we are only 37 years old in this city. So we have to, to establish all the other systems. But right now, in, I think next month, we are going to a tender of building hotel. We have the land. We're in the center of the city for hotel because we know that a lot of evangelists will come to, to live there. And I hope that we'll, uh, that we'll have investors to come. If you know investors that want to build hotel, please le let them know. tell you what Jesus said. When someone slips you in the right hand, you will give him the second one. Yes, amen. Let's give him a hand. God bless you for coming. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much. Please continue. Yes. Amen. We are really honored and I'm going to take about 10 minutes. Is that good? You got time? Or you guys, uh, yeah, I feel like the Lord had given me something. We want to pray for people. God's really been moving among us in this place. And um, we believe America is ripe for another great spiritual awakening. And so we're getting positioned and uh, we believe the nations. He's going to do something all over. So I want to take a few moments. I, uh, I'm going to send out a word that I got yesterday Another word, Mario Morello is on a roll. It seems like he's just really getting some really downloads from the Lord. And his last one was a real challenge to leaders and uh, pastors in particular. But um, so I'm going to send that out because I, need pa I believe pastors need to hear it. But I believe what I'm going to share just it will apply to leaders, governors, mayors, all of us actually. You know that. Esther says that who knows if you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. How many of you literally believe we've been called for such a time as this? And it's a time like no other. And uh, I've been reading in the book of, um, of Judges. I want you to turn over there, if you would, to Judges chapter 21. And then we're going to look back in chapter 5. And then I want to pray because I believe God wants to do something. But I can assure you before we read that, if you are in a position of leadership in this hour, you are going to be the target of all of hell. You know, because, you know, God wants to raise up leaders and He wants to raise up those who represent the purposes of God in this hour. And uh, so, but with the calling that you have on your life, there will come greater opposition, right? So nothing's new. If you're not being opposed, you're probably not doing that much that's right. How many of you know that? Okay, so look at this. Let, let me ask you first. How many of you know how the book of Rudges, Judges ends? How many, how many of you know? How many know how it ends? Why don't you tell us? 
Well, it says this, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And what was the result? Chaos, confusion. And so it is going to be in this hour when everyone does what's right in their own eyes. I believe this is what Jesus was speaking of in Matthew chapter 24. Remember when he was asked by his disciples, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? How did he respond? First thing he said, be careful that no one deceives you. There'll be mass deception. Then he went on and he said, there will be wars and rumors of wars. And we're really hoping that the war we're hearing of now is only a rumor. We really are believing that it's only going to be a rumor, but he said they're going to happen. He said kingdom will come against kingdom, nation against nation. Many will be offended in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10. Many will betray one another. Was it yesterday I got a tweet from the president? Now, he didn't just tweet me. He sends his tweets out. They go all over. But he used the word treason for the first time that I know. Maybe he's used it before. But the scripture says there would be treason. There would be those who would betray. They would hate one another. And then in verse 12 of Matthew 24, it says lawlessness will abound. Justice will be hard to find. And then because of all this, it says the love of many will do what? Will wax or grow cold. So there will be lovelessness and there will be lawlessness. Now back to Judges. I want to show something in chapter 2. There are two things that I believe God's going to do about the lawlessness and the lovelessness, the injustice in this hour. Or maybe there are two things that are required, but in chapter 2, or chapter 5, verse 2, it says, number one, when leaders lead in Israel, and when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. In other words, there's going to be blessing when two things happen. Number one, leaders lead. If you look that up in the Hebrew, it means when the, the locks are loosed off of the leaders. The shackles are taken off of them. Maybe the people are keeping them loosed, whatever it is, or locked. But they're released to be what they've been called to be. I believe that's where our president is right now. He, the locks have been loose. Now, some of them want to tighten up the reins, obviously, and put him back in locks. It ain't going to happen. He's, he doesn't have that kind of personality. But then the next thing, he says, when the people willingly offer themselves. In other words, when... When people get engaged with the purposes of God, then something's going to happen in the land that's going to be great blessing. Now, if you look over in chapter 5 and verse 31, it says something else that I've just been reading. It's been sticking out to me. This is a great prayer. Thus, let all your enemies perish, O Lord. Now, that's in the Bible. If you have any problem praying that, just read the Scripture. You see, God, I'm just going to read Judges chapter 5, verse 31. Let all your enemies perish, O Lord. And then repeat it a few times, you know. And, you know, just, I'm just reading. But then it says, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. Let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. And then it says, so the land had rest for 40 years. In other words... During a time when leaders rose up and they led, they fulfilled their purpose, and when the people got involved in the purposes of God, there was blessing and there was rest in the land. And so we need leaders and we need people that are fully engaged. But there's one more thing. In fact, you talked about it. It says in that verse, this is what I've been, this is the verse that's been in my mind. Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love you be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. And the key is the love. And exactly what you said. There's no way to love our neighbor. You know, the greatest commandment. They ask him, what's the greatest commandment? He pointed back to the Old Testament. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then the second, love your neighbor as yourself. So you can't love your neighbor unless you love God. Right? So just think about the scripture real quick. Who are we to love in the Bible? First of all, love God. I'm going to pray this morning that God would just... Do something supernaturally and there'll be a greater love for God. Just a sweeping, infectious love for God that'll just sweep into this place. But then we want to love our neighbor. Who's our neighbor? Anyone that you come in contact with that you run into. So we love God, love our neighbor. Thirdly, who does the scripture say we're to love? Our enemies. Now that's a challenge. 
Love your enemies. He said, Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then we're to love one another. Now that's the biggest challenge of them all, especially in churches in America. You know, the scripture says they're going to know that you belong to me if you have love for one another. And so that's going to be a big challenge. We need to love one another. That would be a great start. And then we're to love the Word. Here's what Psalm 119, 165 says. Great peace are those who have love, or great peace have those who love your Word, or your law, or your precepts, or your testimonies. And then it says, and nothing causes them to stumble. You'll be able to tell the people that love God's Word and those who are just... You know, they really don't love the Word of God. They'll be the ones that stumble while you're the one that's standing. And then we're to love the world that He died for. As long as we're in, on the earth, the national anthem of the Christian church is going to be, for God so loved the world with all His heart, you know, love the world, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we're to love God. But then the last thing, and this is what I want to lead to in prayer, is that God's looking for a people that, like the sun, will rise up. They'll come out in full strength. Because that's what we're going to need in this hour. Not only love God with all our heart, but we've got to rise up and be the people of God. Isaiah says that darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But something's going to happen in the midst of it. He said, I'm going to rise over you. And so we need a people that's going to rise up and be the people of God. And that's what he's getting us ready for in this hour. That's what you're getting prepared for. That's what you are a mayor for. That's why Trump is in the position. That's why Governor Edwards down in Louisiana is the governor in this hour. He's called people to love God and then to come out in full strength like the sun. Now it says S-U-N. In my opinion, it ought to be S-O-N, but we won't... It's really, it says S-U-N. But in other words, they rise up and they be the people of God. So I want us to stand. I want you to stand. Let's, we're going to do something. Does that make any sense? You know, I hope it made a lot of sense. Because we're living in an hour where you don't have to know everything. In fact, you don't have to know much. But if you know God. Do you know there's a scripture in Daniel? Those that know their God shall be what? Strong. And carry out great exploits. They're going to do the impossible, not because they were the smartest guys on the block. No, they knew their God. And God gave them wisdom to do it. So anyway, I want to pray that God will release a love for Him. And then, but then you know, um, we got to be convinced He loves us. When you're convinced He loves you, then you can love God because... I'm telling you, it just happened. So just put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord. What an honor it's been this morning to have Mayor Cashreel with us. What an honor. Thank you, God. Lord, I just pray for everyone in this room and those that are watching. Lord, I just ask for a fresh love for God to be imparted. There would be a greater infectious, unquenchable love for the Lord God. Lord, that's the first commandment you said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. So we ask for that. And then, Lord, we know that we can only love you when we're convinced that you love us. And we thank you, God, that your word says there's no greater love than this than one would lay down his life. And we thank you for sending your son who laid down his life. And so, Lord, we thank you for the greatest demonstration of love in all of history. And I ask you to fill people this morning with a revelation of that love. And then, Lord, I pray that people watching, people in this room, would just be overwhelmed, not only with a love for God and a knowledge of your love for us, but love would just be our, our DNA. It would be what sets us apart in this hour. God, if America's ever needed a testimony of what love really is, it's today. And we ask for that. And we ask for that in Israel, Lord, that a love would break out. And we just thank you, God. We trust you. 
And I ask you, Lord, one more thing, Lord, according to that scripture. You said, Lord, let all your enemies perish, but let those who love the Lord, like the sun, come out in full strength. I pray, God, that many in this room, that all of us in this room, those watching, would begin to come up, rise up, be the people of God, be the man, be the woman, be the leader that you've called us to be, that we would come out in full strength, in the strength of the living God. Lord, the world is ripe for a move of God. Lord, we can't make it. Nations can't make it alone. We in America, we've gone astray, but we're looking to you. We're turning back and we're asking God that there would be this revelation of your son and of the people of God rising up. And I thank you for it. Now, let's just wait. Just let him let him touch people right now. There are people that need miracles today. I mean, they've been struggling with things and it's just ongoing. God, we pray today that this would be the last day. There'll be people that have sicknesses, that this would be the last day that they would say they had that sickness. In the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it. That you will bear witness with your word. Hallelujah. And we thank you, God. And we just pray, Lord, come, Holy Spirit. God, open our eyes to see you, to love you, and to be flooded with the love that you have for us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. And we're just, we're so, again, honored that you would be. I, I want to go to Israel and um, come to your city. Anybody want to go with me? Okay, we got a whole busload there. We'll get them across the ocean somehow. Anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you again for coming.